You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. This is your host, Tim Link, and I'm so glad you're joining us today. My guest today is founding editor and editor-in-chief of Dogster.com and Catster.com, Janine Kahn. I'm going to talk to Janine a little bit about what life is really like at uh, two of the top online pet magazines, uh, Dogster.com and Catster.com. Find out a little bit more how she uh, got involved in that and also about her writing style. So we're going to quiz her a little bit about her writing efforts as well. So we'll come right back with uh, Janine Kahn from DogsterandCatster.com. You're listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Petco. Where the pets go. Petco. Where the pets go. Pet Life Radio has tail-wagging, fur-flying, fabulous deals for our listeners from Petco. Get $6 off your order of $60 or more and up to 40% off the entire Petco site. That's right. But that's not all. Because you're a Pet Life Radio listener, you'll also get free shipping on your order of $49 or more. $6 off, up to 40% off, and free shipping from Pet Life Radio and Petco. To get these awesome deals, go to PetcoDeals.com. That's PetcoDeals.com. Petco, where the pets go. I'm not much of a reader, but I do wish I were more well-read. There are so many great books coming out. I wish I could find a way to keep up. Audible.com makes it easy to stay well-informed and catch up on your reading simply by listening. Audiobooks from Audible turn downtime into uptime. You'll be more productive and become well-read. Now I'm able to catch up on all the great books I've been wanting to read. With Audible, I feel smarter. Pet Life Radio listeners, try Audible.com now and get your first 30 days of Audible Listener Gold Membership plan free. And get a free audiobook. Choose from over 100,000 titles. To get this great deal, go to audibledeals.com. That's audibledeals.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back. Welcome back to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. This is your host, Tim Link. And joining me now from Dogster.com and Catster.com is Janine Kahn. Janine, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. Now, I know all of our listeners probably know a lot about Dogster and Catster.com, but uh, tell us a little bit about uh, the two magazines and uh, what you guys do there. Absolutely. Well, Dogster and Catster have been around quite a while. It's been eight years. And we started out as sites where you could upload and share photos of your pets. And it was sort of a novelty idea that our founding fathers, if you'll forgive the phrase, <laughs> you know, didn't realize would, would get so viral. And from there, we you know, started having a fantastic community. And we created a handful of blogs that became very popular with them. But you know, to accommodate the growth, we, we launched the magazines this past March. So it's only been maybe around six months now. And this is very exciting for me because when I joined Dogster and Catcher, there wasn't so much of a focus on editorial. But that changed when we were acquired by uh, Say Media last year. And it gave me a great opportunity to really, you know, create two publications and, you know, publish a mix of opinion pieces, um, confessionals, reader confessionals, which I love a lot, tips, gear guides, basically creating a space where passionate pet people can, you know, come and have a conversation about the tough subjects. And there are a lot of hot button issues 
in the pet world, as you well know. Yeah, and I think that's a great thing about the the publication of the magazine because, as you mentioned, you cover a lot of different topics. So, yes, if someone wants some uh, pet advice about their dog or their cat, they can find it there. If they want some commentary and insight by a particular uh, contributor or the magazine in general, they can find that. So it's really a plethora of things that you guys offer there. Absolutely. It's a lot of fun, and uh, things have just changed so much for us. I mean, we used to have... I think we had seven blogs at one time, and you know the difference between going from the blog model to the magazine model was we had you know you give an individual uh, a platform and not a lot of money to run a blog, you know where they can say whatever they want as long as it's on topic, and from going from that to the magazine model where we have two you know distinct editorial calendars, and now I have a team, I have a fantastic managing editor and a couple of other staff editors who help me with the two sites, and you know we publish maybe you know fourteen items a day that are scheduled in advance and. We get to work with awesome writers like yourself. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so yeah, it's, a, it's a pretty exciting time for us. Yeah, I find it fantastic. And, you know, I was actually, truthfully, you know, I, I done my research and I have the, uh, the pleasure and honor of writing for both the magazines. And I've just found the experience to be fantastic. Uh, the group there, you're right, is uh, top notch and uh, uh, very easy to get along with, with a touch of humor. You guys give a little bit of humor to uh, where it's necessary as well. Oh, we, we try. A lot of my editors, and actually, I, I'm also one of those who has been working in the alternative news media for quite a while, so they've got a, a bit of snark, a bit of, um, I don't know, a bit of edge, but also a lot of humor, which I love. And I really think you, you won't find that kind of attitude on a lot of other pet sites. You know, it's a lot of puns on a lot of pet sites. We, we, we don't shy away from puns, but, you know, we try to, you know, try to keep it real. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So the big thing, uh, reiterate for us once again, the, the difference between doing or moving from a blog to an online magazine or the differences in the two, what have you seen to be the big differences and which parts have you been able to take from where it was a blog now to the magazine? Well, when we had a bunch of blogs, you know, each author had a lot of autonomy other, you know, over the subject matter. And now it's, you know, a lot of them had to kind of, you know, work with us to kind of get into the, the schedule where they're pitching to us and, you know, getting into, you know, a regular schedule just, just like any other magazine or publication where, you know, we'll, you know, look at the months in advance and think, okay, is it, you know, adopt a pet month or, you know, puppy mill awareness month and if we could do anything special um, in advance. So we do, you know, have a pet holiday calendar that we kind of go by and we have a lot of, you know, recurring columnists who we depend on for certain days. So I guess the difference is really just, you know, the management side of it. And also the pay is a lot better. We, we pay people <laughs> a lot better now, which makes me very happy. <laughs> exactly. It makes everybody happy, I think. And uh, it obviously uh, brings about some great writers and uh, their continued uh, support and interest in uh, what the uh, what Dogster and Caster is all about. Definitely. What's also exciting about the magazines is we've kind of we've had the opportunity to come up with a you know an, uh, an overarching point of view, which you know we don't necessarily impose on our writers, but we like to have things that readers can come to expect. I mean, for example, uh, a few months ago I wrote a post on what I consider to be the Dogster values that everybody on staff seems to have and that we you know do like to have as a recurring theme on the site. Things like you know we care very much about where your next pet comes from, but we're not going to judge you on you know based on the pet you already have. I mean. You'd be surprised how many people will shame you for having a, a purebred dog here in San Francisco mm-hmm. where we're based. And, you know, people will come up, up to you and ask, is he a rescue? Is he a rescue? And I'm like, well, he, he rescued me. Does that count? Go. You know, but I got him from a responsible breeder. I'm proud of it. I'm, we're always talking about these kinds of things. And people, you know, they get very passionate about these things. Some people are adoption or bust. And we love adoption a lot. But we like to talk about the other places that are, you know, respectable as well. 
Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's always fascinating to me because uh, obviously I work a lot with uh, responsible breeders, AKC registered uh, organizations and do a lot of talks for them. And obviously I'm a huge supporter of uh, rescue organizations, being the former president of a uh, no-kill shelter in the, in the Atlanta area. But when it comes down, people always seem to ask, did you get that dog from a breeder? I said, mm-hmm. well, yeah, let's peel back the onion a little bit more because, yes, all right. dogs and cats are bred. Uh, that's just the way exactly. nature and God <laughs> designed it. I'm sorry. But uh, but then, yeah, what is it? Are we talking about responsible breeding, uh, which I think is a, something that's, that is needed and focused on, as well as our rescue organizations need support for those animals that don't have homes. Uh, so it is a fine line you have to kind of walk. It's definitely a fine line, but we do get a lot of the, the hardcores, as I like to call them, who get in the comments and, you know, you know, they don't want any breeding happening anywhere, and it's, you know, not really realistic. You want all the fantastic breeds of the world to just disappear overnight. You know, I don't want that to happen. <laughs> right, right. Now, on this value, I would love the comments or the value statement that you came up with and shared and you guys are, are looking at. What are some of the other things, in, in addition to responsible breeding and rescue, what are some of the other things Dogster and Caster is all about? Well, let me look at my, my document right here. I, one of them, actually, the top one on the list was this really simple idea that a dog is not an it or a that, but a who. You know, and just when we write about dogs, we, we consider them, I don't not necessarily people, but, you know, creatures that have souls and uh, that we can communicate with. And uh, they're more than just, you know, an object that you can own. So, I don't know, the idea of animal ownership is, you know, not really... I don't know. I, I think I consider myself more of a dog mom, and I'm proud of it, you know, as opposed to a dog owner. I don't feel like I own my dog, even though I did exchange some money to have him in my life. What else is important to us? We have, um, you know, adoption is definitely number one on the list there, too. Well, one of them. Another one we have is just that we believe harming dogs is criminal and should be condemned by society as such, and that's not always the case. You know, like, anytime we write about Michael Vick on the site, people go crazy. I think we had one post that had over 700 comments, and we had to get in there and, you know, edit out any racism or crazy things people were saying, because people do get out of hand. They get yeah. really, really heated. I think it's a great comment, the fact that the theme seems to be people are very passionate about this. And I find in society, it's it, just my commentary on it all is it, that uh, people can sort of lean either way on certain topics. But when, when it comes down to our animals, it seems to be, uh, for the most part, you take one side or another uh, when you're taking a look at the animals, whether we're talking about breeding or adoption or whether we're talking about, do you call them a, are you the pet owner or are you the, as I call them, the human companion of the pet, right. uh, you know, or the... Uh, the mommy or the daddy. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, one of the other things we like doing at, at, on, on Dogster is, you know, taking back those terms, like on Catster, cat lady is a compliment. You know, anywhere else, they'll think you were crazy. Or, you know, I mean, my car, my, my license plate says uh, dog lady on it, and um, I'm proud of it. I don't think it's too much. And then I come out of my car, and I'm, you know, fairly young and covered in tattoos and not probably what they were thinking <laughs> was going to come out of the car. So, you know, I, I, we like kind of challenging the stereotypes that are out there. Yeah, absolutely, because it is a good thing. It is a good thing. And and I love – and I, I am very glad you have both magazines because I can imagine the emails that you got by just having a dogster site compared to a catster site or vice versa. I was recently had uh, some articles and some interviews, and they're like, well, that's great, but let's talk about cats now. You know, we talk about dogs. <laughs> let's talk about cats now. It's like, okay, give them their fair uh, shake of the paw. Oh, absolutely. Um, Dogster was the first site that was founded in uh, 2004, and Catster came shortly after, just exactly the way you described it. You know, people started emailing the founders and were like, hey, we're, you know, 
what's up with that? Why are you all about dogs? How about the cats? They deserve the same equal play. And it worked out. Absolutely. Well, we're going to take a quick uh, commercial break. We'll come back with uh, Janine Kahn, talk a little bit more about dogster.com, catster.com, and uh, pick her brain a little bit about the whole industry in general. And uh, so it's going to be exciting stuff. So everybody just stay tuned. Uh, We'll continue our conversation right after these messages. You're listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Introducing the new Brett Michaels Pets Rock Collection exclusively at PetSmart. I created it for the pets that rock your world. Shop the Brett Michaels Pets Rock Collection and celebrate PetSmart's 25th anniversary with up to 25% off thousands of items on the PetSmart site. Plus, free shipping on orders of $49 or more. Go to PetSmartDeal.com. That's PetSmartDeal.com. P-E-T-S-M-A-R-T-D-E-A-L.com. Dyson. The new Dyson Animal Backs are powerful bagless upright vacuums for homes with pets. Air muscle and radio root cyclone technology generates the strongest suction power to powerfully remove dust, dirt, and pet hair from the home or car. To order your Dyson Animal Vac, go to DysonDeals.com. DysonDeals.com to order your Dyson Animal Vac today. Dyson. Music to your ears. Hi, I'm Lisa Smith-Putnam, the host of the new and exciting show, Your Pets, My Dogs, here on Pet Life Radio. Your Pets, My Dogs will feature celebrity interviews, we'll talk to everyday pet owners, and more. Listen, I am here to entertain you each and every week, right here on Pet Life Radio. Again, that's Your Pets, My Dogs. I'm your host, Lisa Smith-Putnam. Your Pets, My Dogs. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome back to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. This is your host, Tim Link, and I'm here with uh, Janine Kahn, uh, editor-in-chief of Dogster.com and Catster.com. Now, tell us a little bit about, Janine, what is it like to work for the uh, the publications, Catster and Dogster, uh, what's a daily a routine or daily uh, life being an editor-in-chief of the publications? Well, it's a lot of fun. Uh, our parent company, Say Media, gives me a lot of creative freedom you know, to decide you know, what our editorial calendar is going to be, what we write about, what's important. So you know, once a week, we will have an editorial meeting and you know, bring up all the pitches that are different. We have maybe 25 to 35 um, freelancers on any given month and uh, three in-house editors, and they'll be pitched all week long, and we'll sit down and talk about those pitches and decide, you know, which days, which story is going to run, and which story is big enough to occupy the top spot or the, you know, be the cover, as I like to think of it. <laughs> and we wear a lot of hats over here just because we're such a small team. There are only four editors that run um, both publications, and we try to run 14 stories every day. And, you know, we try not to run things that are what I consider blog posts or reblogs. We do a few of these here and there because our readers do like them when we talk about the news and things like that. But we really do love, you know, original stories that either real journalists or our community will contribute. A lot of bleeding heart confessionals about something wonderful that happened to them and their dog or cat or, you know, something, something awful and just sharing and that, that give and take is just incredible to see because you won't really find that on a lot of sites out there. And, you know, we were able to accommodate that on the site and, you know, put a spotlight on it. Uh, day-to-day here, it's a lot of fun. I, I've got a 
real cast of characters working here with me. You know, I've got Vicky, our managing editor, who's kind of like the curmudgeon British lady. And I've got Keith, who's our associate editor, who's um, who we got from SF Weekly and who's been a veteran journalist for 20 years. And I have him mentoring a lot of the writers we have who are more junior. We recently hired uh, Liz Acosta, who's our new uh, assistant editor. And she's fantastic. She brings this young energy to our office that we didn't have before with her bright pink hair. And uh, she's also, she used to be our cuteness correspondent on the site. So she still writes a lot of cuteness articles. And um, our community team is also fantastic. It's, it's just it's just great. Coming to work every day is is a joy. I mean, it's a lot of hard work. For me, I wear a lot of hats because I'm sort of the liaison between everything Dogster, Catster, and other parts of the company, sales, marketing, you name it, anybody who wants to talk to us from the outside. So, you know, in between that, I, I get to write and I get to edit and have discussions about what should be on the site and what shouldn't. So... Absolutely. It's a little bit of everything. <laughs> yeah. And of course, all those Tim Link articles and recommendations get approved right away without even looking at them. <laughs> oh, right away. No, <laughs> no problem. Well, you mentioned the, the, the sales aspect and the financial side of things. And obviously, yeah. uh, as always, we're beating the it's a tough economy drum, as, <laughs> as our uh, two presidential candidates have uh, said recently. But tell us a little bit about the online magazine. How do you actually develop something like that from a profitability and, and financial standpoint? Point, how does that thrive and survive uh, when it seems like a lot of publications uh, tend to downsize or to uh, struggle at times? Oh, for sure. And I feel you when you when you talk about the struggle because I, I came from the you know news media world. I worked for the LA Times. I worked at OC Weekly and LA Weekly for many years. And you know a lot of those places are, are bleeding left and right. And it was very hard to see you know colleagues being cut left and right. You know salaries being pulled back, budgets being slashed. And we've been very fortunate here because just the pet economy is is booming right now. Even you know through the recession and you know everything that's been going through lately, um, we've been able to to stay strong and do all right. And dogs and cats are primarily advertising based. And because we've been around eight years, we've had a, a chance to develop really great relationships with a lot of the big you know pet food companies or uh, brands like Dyson that have uh, pet vacuum cleaner. I'm thinking of them because we have a campaign with them launching next week. And same media, our parent company um, used to be Video Egg, which is a large ad network. So they they, they really do know how to go out there and sell, sell, sell the content and their network. So Dogster is sort of sold as a you know premium bit of content for them since we're one of the very few uh, properties that they own. And so it'll be like, okay, you can advertise and have a slice of Dogster and then the rest we'll put on you know related sites in our network, something like that, like a network ad buy. Fortunately, I don't have to deal with a lot of the, the financial side of it. We have a fantastic publisher, Mr. Richard Roca, who you know handles a lot of that. And you know the only conversations I have to have about advertisers are, hey, say they uh, have a large campaign that includes some content and they want to sponsor some content. And we don't let them decide what that content's going to be because we do want to keep it in line with our vision and our magazine uh, voice. But we will give them sort of, you know, I guess uh, more general they can choose a general topic and uh, and we'll find someone to write about that or we'll, you know, drill down and decide what that subject is going to be. So, I don't know, I think people who get to write for the the pet niche are, are pretty fortunate. You just, you have to you have to get out there and find the companies that are willing to partner with you and you know want to sponsor your blog or you really just need to build yourself as big as you possibly can. And a few years ago, I, I gave a talk at a blog, the Blog Pause Conference on uh, social media and just the value of that. I mean, Dogster grew its Facebook page from nothing to like 100,000 um, followers. We recently celebrated that landmark. And you know what I tell people is, you know, when you're starting 
to build your social media feed, you really have to give those people candy. You have to give them those cute photos in between pimping your site left and right because if they're just seeing your headline, your headlines over and over and over, they're going to be turned off. And just that alone, giving people really amazing images of dogs and cats to share has really helped us grow our social feeds. Yeah, and I think it's important. You hit it right on with that because uh, I find just from a, from the personal Facebook page, not not including the business aspect of things uh, from what I do, I get a lot more likes, a lot more hits, a lot more shares when I put uh, my latest cutest feral cat outside or my latest cutest yes. puppy that I've helped uh, you know find a great home a lot more than I do about, hey, check out my latest stuff. <laughs> They're like, yeah, okay, <laughs> okay well, you yeah. need to frame it the right way. <laughs> I think so. Maybe I need your help. Give me, give me a call on that. But I like also what, they, as you mentioned, that I like the layout of the magazine because you know we obviously know the advertiser sponsors are critical. Uh, but the layout, you want to make sure that the, their message is getting across so you can promote what they're doing so they'll continue to fund the magazine and they're profitable. But on the other hand, you don't want it to be, for lack of better words, so obnoxious, so obtrusive on the page that totally mm-hmm. takes away from the article. And I think you guys do a great job of sort of keeping that focus in place without overwhelming what the article is all about. Well, thanks for that. Um, when we relaunched the sites with the, the magazines on the homepage, we uh, also got in line with what the same media calls the clean campaign, where they go to different sites and give it a facelift where there'll be just one large ad, like at the, you know, the right-hand corner of a page, as opposed to, you know, three or four over overwhelming uh, every corner that you go. So, you know, I do like, I mean, I'm a minimum minimalist, so I'm happy. I'm happy to see that. And I'd like to see it in as many sites possible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think it drives home their message and uh, obviously keeps true to the story as well that's on, on the page. So I, I, big kudos for that. How does your magazines, uh, the Dogster and Catster, what do you feel your key differentiators are compared to uh, some, of the, uh, some of the other opportunities that are out there? Well, publications are nothing without a point of view. And, you know, Dogster and Cats are catered to readers who are happy to consider themselves pet parents. I mean, there are different kinds of people who come to our site for different reasons. You know, those who come in for search and they're looking for just one thing. But our core audience who we're trying to engage with the magazine content, you know, definitely, you know, have a keen interest in dogs and cats and their welfare. And, you know, they're not ashamed to be called, you know, a dog mom or a cat lady or or any of those things. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we just want the magazines to be areas where people can come and, you know, see some refreshing honesty in our, in our stories. And people are we're willing to bear their souls in a lot of the articles that we have. And there are blogs out there that will do it, but I don't think there are many magazines that will, that will do that. And, you know, it's just a great safe place to have, you know, tough conversations, you know, about what's an acceptable place to get a dog, what you should be feeding your dog or cat, what it means to be a responsible pet parent and a place to vent about all the irresponsible pet parents who make us look bad. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. Dogs have come a long way. And I, I mean, 20 years ago, the concept of an outside dog, for example, was completely normal. But these days, you know, that's completely unacceptable. And I mean, dogs now have a higher place in the family or the pecking order, and they get the respect and consideration we give any other family member. And that's sort of the premise that we operate on, you know? Yeah. Well, and I think it's a critical part because you're right. The shift has changed. The shift, I call it the shift in consciousness, realizing Mm -hmm. they're part of the family. And they absolutely are because you've got to commit yourself to them like you do everyone else in the family. There's a financial obligation. There's a uh, social and a uh, obligation there as well. So they are a huge part of our lives and then need to be treated accordingly and they will treat you accordingly. Absolutely. But I just like that I can get on the internet, write an article confessing that my dog has taken over my bed at night and get hundreds of positive 
positive comments from readers who say, oh, I do the same thing. And, you know, my family thinks I'm weird, but I can't give it up. <laughs> That's right. So that way, you you know, you're not in the boat alone. You're not the only crazy one out there. And there's uh, making a lot of other people feel uh, more sane about things, too. Plus, it, it just it does. They love the stories because they can relate to them. They see them. And I, I think that's a huge part of what you guys offer. Exactly. We try. <laughs> you do a good job. Now, tell us a little bit about your writing, your writing and your styles. What do you like to write about? How do you get your message across? Well, I love to write about my dog. And he's an Italian greyhound, but like a plus size, if you will, Italian greyhound. Not that he's fat or anything, but he's like very tall. And people come up to me and they ask me if he's a whippet all the time. And I have to school them. I've considered printing like Italian greyhound cards so that they understand who the, what the breed is. And well, I love to write about him and I love to air his dirty laundry on the internet. He's just a, you know, a point of humor just because he does things like steal my underwear out of the hamper and wear it as a necklace around the house, things like that. I, you know, I, I love it. And I love talking about that. And people weigh in and talk about the crazy things their dogs do. And I don't know what it is about my dog. I, I really feel he is a, a little person and, and he's inspired me so much. I have not one, but four tattoos of him on my body, which might be excessive, <laughs> but I, I might be a little bit obsessed. And uh, <laughs> No, you're, you're honoring him and he's providing you uh, obviously great love and affection and great stories, great content. And so uh, that's a great way of doing that as well. <laughs> Um, Absolutely. I mean, I, I love to write about a number of things. I mean, he's he's one of them, and people love that. He has some fans. Like, I have some some commenters who'll come in and be like, "Oh, yes, it's a post about Mr. Moxie again," and they just want to see more photos. But I also like to write about the the tough issues. Like recently, you know, I did a post about you know how he does how he has come from a responsible hobby breeder and how people you know give me grief over it. But you know how proud I am of it. And a lot of people weighed in, and I, I thought I was going to get ripped to shreds. You know, I thought. I thought people were going to say, you know, how dare you run Dogster and have a dog that you did not rescue. But a lot of them were like, thank you for this. You know, my dog is from a responsible breeder as well. and I don't know why we're being maligned. So that was good. I also have started writing a twice a week column called uh, What We're Obsessed With, where I dish about dog themed items that I'm currently coveting or obsessed with. And that column has been getting me in trouble left and right because sometimes I like what I am writing about so much that I'll buy it for the house. And it puts a strain on the relationship with my boyfriend because he's like, really? Did you have to buy a pillow with a dog on it or, <laughs> or whatever else. You used to have good taste and be a minimalist, and now you're just a hoarder. <laughs> oh, gosh. I have to admit, we've just recently adopted a, uh, a little white toy schnauzer uh, oh. named Dusty, and she's a little 14-week-old Spitfire, as I call her. But this is the first little girl puppy that we've had in years and years and years, and there's so many cute things out there. And even being a guy, I, I couldn't resist buying you know the, uh, <laughs> the till and pink Juicy Couture uh, doggy purse and all that. This. And oh, I'm like, no, oh my it. gosh, I, I can't let the word get out. I'll be, I'll be uh, in so much trouble. That's but, why you're uh, putting it on public radio. <laughs> I am, I know. Well, you know, guys, we think about things about two days too late. So that's probably why I bought the Juicy Couture purse. And that's why I'm admitting a confessional here on my uh, radio show. So <laughs> Absolutely. You, you might have to write that for us. And it happens. You know, I, I got my dog lady license plate and I didn't think about my boyfriend at all. But now he has to drive my car around because we share it. And it says dog lady on it. <laughs> <laughs> he was very mad. <laughs> oh, well, you can sign, it's a true sign if there's love there or not. If he'll drive the car and you know identify with the license plate, then, yeah, maybe you've got something there. <laughs> he's okay. He's, he's secure in his masculinity enough, I'd like to think. 
That's right. That's right. It's what you have to. It's a very good comment. There's so many great things out there. Some are very extremely useful that I don't know how we got along without them. Things like the Furminator. You know, how, if you've got a long-haired dog or cat, my gosh, what a great product. If the Furminator people are listening, they can uh, drop a sponsorship check in the mail if they want. But, <laughs> <laughs> but there are there's some great stuff. I think we're getting better and better at that. But yeah, there's also a lot of silly stuff that I look at that I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I have this in my household. <laughs> so there are great things out there. Just recently, you know how there are a lot of Kickstarter or Indiegogo campaigns for pet products, and somebody came up with a leash called the Conalu, which was a combination of her dog's names, Kona and Lucy, or something like that. And the leash was just an alternative to the retractable leash. And I mean, you and I could probably go on about retractable leashes forever. I have a bone to pick with them. But, you know, this was just a much safer alternative, and I liked it a lot. And I wrote about it, and it was gratifying to see that the next day, you know, a thousand people had weighed in and, you know, you know put a thousand dollars towards their campaign after it ran on our site. And eventually, you know, the product got funded. So I'm looking forward to to getting my Konalu leash in the mail. But like I said, that, col- that column is getting me into so much trouble with my pocketbook. <laughs> but it's great. But that's just the love for And I think it goes back to the financial aspects. We love our animals. And I think we know we're, we're trying to take care of them and have uh, enjoy them as well. And uh, that's why it's always great to write about our dogs and cats. And, and it's a uh, thriving business too. So we have to look at that uh, when we have a successful online magazine. Absolutely. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. This is great. Everybody go out and check it out, uh, dogster.com, catster.com. Read all the wonderful articles. Check in every day. Go to Facebook and uh, be a fan and follower. Make sure you like them. And uh, a little plug for myself, read my stuff while you're there. That's always good. <laughs> Give me some comments <laughs> back. I'll take that all day long. So it's a, it's a joy. Uh, it's a pleasure talking to you today on the show. Thanks for coming on. And uh, my uh, big kudos for having me on as a, uh, a contributor to the magazine as well. Can I add just one last thing? Absolutely. We are actually looking for more writers. So if people are interested, I know you have a lot of writers who listen to your show. I'm Janine at dogster.com and pitch me. You might end up on the site as well. Absolutely. Very good. All right. So we've been talking to Janine Khan. Janine, thanks for coming on board today. Uh, Thanks for coming on Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Thanks so much. Well, we're going to wrap it up for today. I uh, thank everyone for listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. I uh, want to thank our sponsors and the producers for making the show possible. To find out more about me, Tim Link, and the other guests I've interviewed on the show and all the wonderful uh, interviews you can download for free and listen to them, uh, you can go to PetLifeRadio.com. PetLifeRadio.com. Click on the Animal Rights icon. Download the episodes. Uh, listen to your favorite authors and writers. Check out the blogs. And while you're there, uh, make sure you check out all the other hosts and shows. There's a plethora of wonderful content on there. Uh, You won't be disappointed. Go to PetLifeRadio.com. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for the show, please email me. You can email me at Tim at PetLifeRadio.com, and I will be glad to answer your questions, entertain your comments, and bring on the people you want to hear from the most onto the show. So until next time, write a great story about the animals in your life. Share it in a blog, article, or in a book, and who knows? You may be the next guest on Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Have a great day. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.